0: This is the City of Refuge Thomas in Georgia Sunday Morning Podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. We're going to jump into the message and we're talking about facing your dragon. That's kind of the the theme for the day. So, we're going to talk about what goes on in your head when it comes to addiction, or it comes to lies that creep in, and how things like that grow inside of your head, and I mean like scientifically, because I think it's a pretty cool thing. I was watching a YouTube video yet again, and I was hearing about this, and I was like, this sounds pretty cool. It sounds like something that we should talk about, because if you have an addiction or something, it's pretty... It might be something that you need to know how your brain functions how you get addicted and how hard it is to become unaddicted or if you're somebody who thinks that you're worth nothing you have nothing to offer you know we talk around here about your time talent and treasure and if you think you have no I mean even if you could offer your time you're not worth anything or you have no talent or anything like that those kinds of things those kinds of lies can grow in your head, in your mind, and begin to multiply. And so the way it does that, and what we're going to talk about, is dopamine reinforcement. And what, the way dopamine works in your mind is whatever you were enjoying or whatever you were doing in a pursuit that sort of satisfied you, the dopamine in your head looks at the structures that were functioning during that pursuit or during that activity and reinforces it and causes it to grow and every time you activate those things in your brain the dopamine in your head looks at those structures and causes them to grow even more every time so let's say you're a meth addict well you're not a meth addict when you first time you do meth but how do you become, say, a math addict or an alcoholic or something like that? Well, it's gotta start somewhere. And most of the time in a situation like that, what you need first is a good set of rationalizations, a reason why you would do something like that. And one of them may be you're at a party and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm too drunk to know better. Or you may be in a worse place and you think, Screw the world. Forget this. You know, I don't want to do anything. This world, and I don't mean this blasphemous or anything like that, this world can go to hell. I'm just going to do what I want to do. So you got to start off in a spot like that with some good rationalizations. This can just go to hell. I'm going to do my thing. But what happens when you've decided something like that and then you do something like meth or alcohol, or you're telling yourself lies that you're not worth anything. And what happens is the dopamine looks at all those structures that were functioning during that time. The ones at the forefront, which is the meth that you get hooked on because that grows. The dopamine reinforces that. But also of all the other thoughts and structures behind it, like to hell with this world. That grows inside of your head too. Alright, so what happens when you reinforce to hell with this world 10,000 times in your head? Then it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows and that's all it becomes. It becomes a little devil or its own personality inside of your head with its own thoughts, with its own emotions, own motivations. It's a whole thing. It's like, I guess you could call it a possession maybe. But whenever something like that, you know, goes away for a little while, say you got busted, you got locked up for a few days, maybe you don't feel addicted anymore right away. Maybe the old you kind of comes back around for a little bit. But if something like that is growing in your head really big, the instant something related to alcohol or methamphetamine pops up in your mind or passes by in front of you, shows up, then the rest of you that's going to come back and the rest of you is going to shut right back down. And I have this statement from the video I was watching and it says that it's not just a craving anymore. It's not just a behavior in response to a cue. It's the manifestation of a full-fledged one-dimensional personality, with its own perceptions, emotions, motivations, and thoughts that wants one thing and doesn't care about anything else except maybe the other things you think to hell with. So we talked about the carnal mind, the natural man, or carnal man, natural man and then the depraved mind. That's about as depraved as your mind can get. As you become super nihilistic, you think that you don't have anything to offer to this world, and you don't want to offer this, anything to this world, and this world can go to hell in a handbasket. And when you've reinforced that a whole lot, that's in every room of your house. Alright? So, this is gonna be funny. And we're going to play a video in just a second. And this is a children's book. And it's called There's No Such Thing as a Dragon. And it was written by Jack Kent. And it's cool. we got a little YouTube video. It's going to read it to us. We're going to have kids' story time. And what I want you to pay close attention to, and this is the the nail on the head, this is the main point today, is that if you're trying to be anything other than a natural man, if you're trying to be a leader, if you're trying to have any kind of relationship with the Lord or the Holy Spirit to come into your heart, but yet you're dealing with some sort of addiction or some sort of secret sin that you're pretending's not a big deal, that's just in the background, that you don't have to worry about, you can pamper it and nobody will ever know. Maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe you're addicted to pornography or something like that, and you're just okay with that sitting in the background and pretending that it's not a problem. I want you to pay attention in this story that we're going to play that what happens when you pretend something is not there, what happens to it? It doesn't just stay put. You can't keep it in one little closet. The Word of God says, a dead fly, and the perfume gives the whole perfume a bad smell, and this dragon is going to grow, because we're saying it doesn't exist, and if you want to be anything, like I said, then we have to face that head on and pay very close attention to it. Briggs, you ready? All right, so let's watch this for a second. All right, so why did I play that video? Because it's the perfect representation of what I'm talking about this morning. So what I have written down now is most of the stuff from the story, and we're going to walk through it step by step. And what's the first wrong thing that happens? Okay, Billy was surprised when he woke up one morning and found a dragon in his room. It was small, about the size of a kitten. The dragon, wag- the dragon wagged its tail happily when Billy patted its head. Okay? So, what happens, first of all, is Billy actually does recognize that the dragon's there. Okay? He knows it exists, he's not trying to ignore it. He pets the dragon on the head. Okay? And what we already talked about is I want you to think about this as you. I want you to think about the whole house as you. I don't want you thinking about this as separate people. This is all thoughts inside of your head. Billy is a thought inside of your head. Billy's mom is a thought inside of your head. And this is your house. All right? But here's where we start going wrong. Billy told his mom... And what she said in response was, there's no such thing as a dragon. So it started out with a lie. And so what you, figured, what you figured now is there's no such thing. It's not really there. It's not a problem. But that is the big problem. We go on, and it says, Billy went upstairs to get dressed. The dragon came close to Billy and wagged its tail, but Billy didn't pat it. Billy's pretending that this doesn't exist. If there's no such thing as something, you can't pat it on its head. Billy went to eat breakfast, and the dragon followed along. So here's like I said, it's not just going to be locked away in a closet like you might think. It's following behind you, but you're just not paying it any attention. You think you can get on with your life. Now, if you want to be, if you want to have nothing to do with spiritual leadership or anything like that, or be a part of, you know, having a relationship with God, then you're probably better off doing that as opposed to trying to walk forward and walk with God and also carry something behind you some sort of baggage that you're carrying that's just gonna keep getting heavier and heavier. And these two things cannot coexist. Let me tell you about the whole sexual sin thing. For, at City of Refuge, we have what's called House of Cherith. And what we do is we help women who have been rescued out of sex trafficking, and we help love on them and rehabilitate them and get them a whole brand new life. Take them into a whole brand new direction and a whole new destination, new kind of living, give them cars and change everything. And we are fighting a sexual battle. And if you are secretly dealing with some sort of sexual sin and you try to be part of something like that, like a house of cherith, it is not going to work. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot be not paying attention to something like that and pretending that it's okay and all the while it's growing. You only have so much space in your head and you've only got room for so much. That's what we're talking about in Romans when it says God gave them over to a depraved mind because they wanted to ignore him. And so that space got filled up. So it's getting filled up one way or the other. All right? And if you're dealing with something like that, and you're trying to be a part of something like House of Cherith, you'll be found out. You will be—God it, it, will not allow it, put it that way. Something will happen. Billy went upstairs to get dressed. The dragon came close to Billy and wagged its tail, but he didn't pat it. If there's no such thing as a dragon, it's silly to pat it on the head. Billy went to eat breakfast. The dragon followed along. It was bigger now, almost the size of a dog. Billy sat at the table and the dragon sat on the table. So if it doesn't exist and you're pretending it's not there, it can do whatever it wants to do. When you go to sit down at your table, that dragon's gonna sit down on your table. And when your mom starts making you pancakes, That dragon is going to start eating all your pancakes, but guess what? You can't tell it no. When the dragon sat on the table, we should have been able to tell it to get off. This sort of thing was not usually permitted, but there wasn't much Billy's mother could do about it. She'd already said there's no such thing as a dragon. And if there's no such thing, you can't tell it to get off the table. Mother made some pancakes, but the dragon ate them all. So not only is this thing growing, but it is taking away from you. Your God to natural, carnal, depraved meter is just going one way. This dragon is starting to take away from you. It's it's starting to take nutritional value from you, even though, if I had to guess, pancakes probably don't have a lot of nutritional value. But it's your bread. Mother made some more, but the dragon ate those too. Mother kept making pancakes, having to work a whole lot harder now, until she ran out of batter. Billy only got one, but he said that's all he really wanted anyways. So not only To get into something like this if we go back to the meth thing we had to have a set of rationalizations of why you would get into something like that in the first place. Now we're having more rationalizations of why something like this could be allowed inside your house. I only really wanted one pancake anyways. Billy went upstairs to brush his teeth. Mother started clearing the table. The dragon who was quite as big as Billy's mom by this time, made himself comfortable on the rug and went to sleep. You see how comfortable this dragon is in your house? By the time Billy came back downstairs, the dragon had grown so much, he filled the hall. Billy had to go around by way of the living room to get to where his mother was. Is this hitting home for anybody? You're starting to have have to just work around it more and more. It was the size of a kitten, but now it's just starting to take over the hallway and you gotta go around to another part of your house and you're just doing it because you've decided it's okay. Cleaning the downstairs, oops, sorry, I almost missed something. Billy said, I didn't know dragons grew so fast. So you're not totally dead. Part of you wants to cry out and recognize your problem, but not bad enough. And I would say the younger you are, and this probably goes for guys as far as the the sexual thing or the drug thing or women too, as far as the thought processes of saying, like, I'm not worth anything or I have nothing to offer or I'm not, you know, I don't have any thing to give if I could give time. I don't have any talent. The, yo- the younger you can be when you decide to start telling yourself the truth and quit lying to yourself, the easier it'll get because it's only in your hallway at this point. It's not in every room of your house. It's not a full-fledged dragon. So if you're a young person and you're dealing with something, I highly suggest hitting something like that head on right away. When I uh, sorry <clears throat> when I met Lydia, I knew. Now see, I'm fortunate, and I can't accuse anybody of anything for the way they act, because I'm very, very fortunate for the way I've grown up. My parents love the Lord, and they have shown me always how to act that out because that's always what they've done as long as I've known them. And so when I was 18 or whatever, I had been doing a lot of things that were wrong for a few years, but I also had a lot of conviction. I also knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was okay with doing it. But then when I met my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, obviously, and I knew right away I'm going to marry that woman about 30 minutes, 30 seconds after seeing her, and I'm not kidding. I knew that she wasn't going to put up on me the way I was. And so since I had a lot of conviction and I knew who God was and I didn't try to deny him, I was just kind of doing my thing, I turned around and I had to face a lot of things head on and eradicate it because I wasn't willing to give up what I knew was a beautiful and wonderful future for something that's bugging me and growing in my mind. I did drugs, you know, I did what all the young guys do, looking at porn and stuff like that, and I mean your wife's not gonna put up with that if she finds you out. And if you're doing drugs, I mean what the heck? That's just, I knew that that was not going to be okay. And so I had to turn around and deal with it right away, and it took a lot of conviction in my heart to have the courage to do that. If you don't have any convictions, I don't really know what to tell you except I hope you start getting some. I hope you start getting convicted. I hope you start feeling bad about what you're doing. I hope you start feeling like you're wasting a lot of God's time and he put you on this earth to do something. If you think he put you on this earth to do nothing, then you are lying to yourself, and your brain is reinforcing the lies, and the lies are getting bigger, and you are here to do something, and maybe you should stop wasting time. Cleaning the downstairs took Mother all morning with the dragon in the way, and she had to climb in and out of windows to get room to room. By noon, the dragon filled the house, its head hung out the front door, and its tail out of the back door. You ready for this? And there wasn't a room left in the house that didn't have a part of the dragon in it. You are becoming corrupted more and more as time goes on until you will be totally corrupted. And you may not be dead, but you'll be spiritually dead. And if you don't want to be, then you got to stop facing this way when it's back here, and you got to face it. And if you pray to the Lord over something all the time, that's good. But if you pray to the Lord over something all the time, and years go by, then he's waiting on you to do something. If it's bad enough, you got to do something drastic. And what's cool, we'll get to the end of the, s- the story here in a minute, where it says it, but what it says is that the dragon, when Billy called it out, said there is a dragon, there's a really big dragon, it shrank faster than it grew. So that's good news, if you're willing to address it. We got Anton sitting here. How long were you an alcoholic, Anton? 20 years. Anton went to Mighty Man for one year. It shrank faster, way faster, 20 times faster than it grew. When he decided to turn around and face it head on and say, I'm not going to die like this. And had he not turned around and faced it head on and went away from his family for just one year, which sounds like a long time, but don't do that. And what? Probably dead. Or, you know, if not dead, still something very bad. Still just an alcoholic. When the dragon woke up from his nap, he was hungry. A bakery truck went by. Oh my gosh. Oh, this couldn't get any worse. We already know this dragon is addicted to pancakes, and the bakery truck's going to drive by. What do we talk about? Anything that resembles your addiction or reminds you of it, that pops up when it's done taking a nap and sees it, oh, dude, it's over. This dude just saw the bakery truck, and he already ate all of Billy's pancakes, The smell of fresh bread was more than the dragon could resist. The dragon ran down the street after the bakery truck. Check this out. And the house went along like a shell on a snail. What did we talk about earlier when we were talking about the dopamine thing? When that happens and that one dimensional focused on only one thing, Addiction pops back up. It's going to shut the rest of you down, and you're just along for the ride. Look at Billy and his mom. They're just stuck. They're just captives in their own house. Do you want to be a captive in your own house? Do you want to lose total control of your house? The mailman was just coming up the path poor guy, with some mail for the Bixbys. When their house rushed past him, he chased the Bixbys' house for a few blocks, but he couldn't catch it. I mean, I don't have much to say about that, except your normal everyday life can't carry on anymore. You're not getting, no messages are getting through to you. You're only focused on one thing. You're on a one-track path to disaster. You're uprooted from your foundation as we'll see here in a second. Mr. Bixby came home for lunch. The first thing he noticed was that the house was gone. Well go figure. Luckily one of the neighbors was able to tell him which way it went. Mr. Bixby got in his car and went looking for the house. He studied all of the houses as he drove along. Finally he saw one that looked familiar. Billy and Mrs. Bixby were waving from an upstairs window. So this is finally another thought coming into the to the picture here into the household. The father's coming home and he's hunting you down. This is another thought that finally wants to enter your mind. And he comes and finds you. And he climbs up over the dragon's head and comes into the house with you. And he climbed over the dragon's head onto the porch and through the upstairs window. How did this happen, Mr. Bixby asked. It was the dragon, said Billy. There's no such thing as a, Billy's mother started to say. But Billy said, there is a dragon. A very big dragon. And Billy patted it on its head so if you finally decide you've had enough and you're willing to do whatever you have to do however big it is depends on how drastic you have to be but you're willing to address whatever it is so that you will not be totally spiritually dead and worth nothing now don't don't let me get it too twisted in your mind if you're dealing with something and you're trying to be a leader in the church or have a relationship with God, and you're paying attention to it, then that can grow and and it'll shrink. So it's not, if it's in any part of you, then you, you have no God and you're totally dead. It has to be shrinking though, otherwise it's growing, it's one or the other. That's why I said, if you don't wanna be a part of anything that God has to offer, then that might be better if you're not willing to address these things, then you just give it over, you know what I mean? Now, that would be sad and I don't suggest it, but trying to have both coexist in your house is not going to work. So, Billy finally says, there is a dragon, a very big one. And let me tell you, the bigger it gets, it'll just break your house. It'll just bite your head off, and it will kill you. It's not a game. You, you don't play around with the dragon. If you've ever read the book of Revelations, the dragon is not irrelevant. This is not totally made up. This little child's story means a whole lot. The dragon gets brought up a lot in the book of Revelations. And it describes it as that dragon or that old serpent, serpent of old. So instead of a dragon the size of a kitten, think of it as it started out as the serpent. And it grew into the dragon. That's what it was. The dragon is not irrelevant at all, but it will kill you. Then the dragon wagged its tail happily. Then even faster than it had grown, the dragon started getting smaller. Soon it was the size of a kitten again. Don't, I don't mind dragons this size. Why did it have to grow so big, said mother. I'd have slapped my mom upside the head if she asked me that. Because you dummy! But Billy, he's a lot nicer than me. He says... I'm not sure, but I think it just wanted to be noticed, said Billy. The end. It just wanted to be noticed is how the story puts it. But needs to be noticed is how you need to put it. Needs to be. Has to be. Must be. God has too much in store for you. He wants you doing all kinds of good stuff. He needs you to stop sitting on your tail being a spiritually dead couch potato, content with the dragon that's taken over your whole house, he needs you too bad. He needs you too bad. He wants you to do things here. He wants you to graduate from here and go elsewhere and do other things. We've had all kinds of people who go through City Refuge who's gone to open up their own City Refuge. or gone to be a part of other ministries because they grew. You know, great. like we got Greg Washington who's, was, I mean, uh, just a drug runner from all the way from Miami to Atlanta. And now he's, uh, and he spent time in prison, and now he's doing the prison ministry. He's getting guys who were incarcerated and rehabbing them, and they're going to be going into our new men's facility. That, it's part of the group who's going to be going into our new men's facility. So he has something for you to do. And we, through other people, can grow expand and further the kingdom, as opposed to just wasting your gifts away. If you think you have none, that's a lie. Maybe you have none because you're not doing anything. I mean, if you're not doing anything, then why would you expect to have something? You know, I was listening to a video, YouTube video one time, and it was like, you know, if you wanna get out on the basketball court or something, but you won't do it because you don't know how to play. Well, it's like, yeah, but that's just because, I mean, unless you're just really, really have no athletic ability and it's not gonna grow, but that's just because the proteins in your brain have not even begun to activate because you haven't started, but once you start, those will start to develop and grow, and the more you do, the more they grow, it's the same as the dopamine thing. I thought it was funny a couple weeks ago when Dad talked about... Lord, generosity. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway. <laughs> oh, generosity, generosity, generosity. No, I'm just kidding. But he says, when you give, and I had already been thinking about this whole dopamine thing in my head. He says, when you give and you feel good, it causes the dopamine to make you want to give even more. So this whole thing can work in reverse. Now when you give and it feels good, then that's going to be in reinforced. All the structures in your head that felt good when you were given are going to be reinforced. That's going to be bringing you back. Alright, so in closing, I've got a question. What does the dragon hoard? What does the dragon Guard. Huh? Sin? Guard sin? Well, no, the dragon would be sin. Something that you're dealing with. Okay, any other guesses since we had somebody who actually guessed? I didn't expect that. All right, so what a movie show. Gold or a princess or something? You know, when you watch Sleeping Beauty. In order for the prince to get to the princess, what does he have to do? He has to actually fight the dragon. There's no way around the dragon. Like in Shrek, which is a funny movie, and it's kind of a weird way for them to do the dragon in that movie because you wound up dating the donkey. But that's not normally how that goes. I mean, if if it works out where you can date the dragon and it's fine, whatever. But I seriously doubt it. I have the this set of books I like to read. It's called The Lord of the Rings, and then the one before it is called The Hobbit. And what happens in that book is that there's these dwarves, and they live in a mountain called Erebor, and they describe the inside of the mountain. It's just amazing. Vast halls, mansions, and they're, the, all these dwarves. they are families and families living in there, and it's just beautiful. They mine gold. The gold basically sets off its own light and it's wonderful. Well then out of nowhere from the north comes a dragon and they don't see it coming and it goes inside the mountain and just starts killing them and causes them, those few who can survive, to have to run out. And what the dragon does is it just broods over the gold, it just lays in it. There's a movie, it's a book, but there's movies, it's a trilogy. And I like the way the movie shows it. It's like just the gold. The dragon lays in the gold so much he sinks into it and the gold covers him up and you can't even see the dragon anymore. He's just all in the gold. But he caused everybody to have to run out of their home and be lost and just live out in the wild. Well, generations go by and you have these set of dwarves who decide they're going to go take their home back. And this may strike home for you if you have some sort of generational family thing, feel like you've got some sort of generational curse on your house and your family has passed down to you. Maybe it's time for you to break it. You know, I don't blame everybody for what they fall into. Some people are just dealt a bad hand of cards. Some people are just born into, like I said, I've I've had it good. But some people... I could just weep for. And so maybe that's your life story. But maybe it's also time for you to take your mountain back that the dragon took from your family generations ago. And that's how the movie goes. They have to go back to the mountain and, in some sort of clever way, because I mean, the dragon is enormous, it would probably be in the movie a few times bigger than this church is. And in a clever way, they have to face the dragon head-on, and they have to kill it. But the only way they could get their house back and their gold, and I'm not talking about really gold in this sense, I'm just talking about whatever you need, whatever God has for you, that's the gold, that's the reward, that's the prize. But you have to face it head-on first. And then they could take their mountain back and then they could grow their family back in there the way that they were meant to be. So, I mean, that's just my challenge. If that's you, and it's big, and it's about to bite your head off, just turn around and start fighting it. Pray to God to give you strength. And if you've been praying to God, and you're still kind of, you're still dealing with it and it still hasn't gone away, then he's probably wanting you to take some more steps. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what those steps are. Everybody's problem is different. Everybody's dealing with a different thing in a different way. But I can guarantee you, if you're looking right at it and paying attention, you're going to know what steps to take. There's not going to be a question. God will lay it on your heart. He will nudge you. He will make you feel it. He will give you a conviction for you to deal with it, and it's time to do so. So, I, th- I think that's pretty much all I got. So, I hope you guys have a wonderful time. We got a big weekend. Like I said, Super Bowl and the Valentine's thing. So, we got, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun and, en- and enjoy this. We're going to have some good singing here. I'm going to pray and bless this time. And um, I just hope that that was meaningful and special to somebody. So, Lord, I just thank you for allowing us to be able to even sit down in this place and discuss your word. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in the hearts of individuals this morning and what you've laid on my heart and done on my heart, Lord. And I just pray that we can take these words and chew on them and decide that we want to be more than nothing and we don't want to be spiritually dying or dead. And we would like to overcome something that is weighing us down. Something that's been heavy on our conscience, Lord. So that we can be what's called overcomers. And we can slay the dragon. Lord, I pray that you continue to walk with us here at City Refuge South. And you continue to fight the good fight for anybody here who really wants to be a spiritual leader. Who really wants to be able to do something in your kingdom. And I pray for these people as they go. That you would keep them in your peace, power, provision, and protection. And I pray that you uh, keep the people safe coming back from the president's gathering. Anybody who may not be here because they're sick, we continue to lift up the Fox family and just have your hand all over them. Just continue to comfort them, give them a great big hug. And um, just really love on them, Lord. I can't even imagine. And I just pray for anybody else who's dealing with something like that. And that we can just go today knowing who you are and walking in your truth. In your name we pray. Amen.